I'm a little bit anxious to get into this today. I don't know where it's going, but I'm excited about it anyway. In Acts chapter 9, we want to begin reading at the 32nd verse. Acts chapter 9 at the 32nd verse. The Bible says, Now it came to pass as Peter went through all parts of the country that he also came down to the saints who dwelt in Lydda. Uh, did you notice that we switched from Paul back to Peter? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Sometimes uh, <laughs> when we get into a, a series, the, the, it's not evident who we're talking about. The Bible goes on to say here, uh, and, and, and in your Bible, just underline that word saints so you know who we're talking about. It says, there he found a certain man named Aeneas who had been bedridden for eight years and was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus, the Christ, heals you. Arise and make your bed. <laughs> then he rose immediately. So all who dwelt in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turn to the Lord. Then in verse 36, it said at Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha. So Tabitha was a disciple. Amen. Tabitha was a disciple. Amen. Let's do that for the middle section. <laughs> it does say that in the Bible, doesn't it? Because yes. I'm sure they didn't have any women disciples in Jesus' day. So that's probably a misprint, but we'll go on anyway. It says there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, uh, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her and laid her in the upper room, in an upper room, uh, and since Lydda was near Joppa and the disciples heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming. Then Peter rose and went with them. When they had come, they brought him to the upper room and all the widows stood by him weeping showing the tunics and the garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all out. What did he do? Mm -hmm. <laughs> now I got to keep reading. <laughs> Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. She opened her eyes, and when she was, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when she had, uh, when he had called the saints, the saints again, and widows, he presented her alive. 
And it came to be known throughout all Joppa, and many believed on the Lord. Okay? I'm going to talk to you, and the title doesn't match the reading because I have to teach you what the reading does for the title. I want to talk to you about the saints' superpower. What did the preacher say? The saints' superpower. Superpower. You all have it. You all have it. Amen. I just need to teach you how to use it. You can be seated. Now we start with talking about Peter because uh, Peter is like all of us. Okay, are y'all on buying that? Well, keep in mind that Peter, uh, of all the disciples, was probably the less likely to succeed. You know how they do that in uh, senior superlatives. And, and <laughs> Peter teaches us that no matter what our pursuits in life are, whether we are athletes or musicians or teachers or business people, whatever we are, the Bible teaches us this, that attitude is crucial. Hmm? Attitude is crucial. If you don't learn anything else today and the rest of your life, remember that your attitude is crucial. It determines your altitude, how far you go in life, Amen. If you go any place in life, it's attitude. Amen. And nowhere is the spiritual, I mean, the attitude more important than in your spiritual walk. And the reason that I tell you that is because when we look at the life of Peter, we see that if your attitude is off, you can neutralize your spiritual gifts. Did you hear what I just said? So if we were super saints, then attitude could be our kryptonite. (laughs) And in the case of Peter, his attitude weakened him. In the case of Judas, it killed him. So the determining fact is the longer you expose the kryptonite, the more damage it does. See, I don't mean to use comics, but I'm just trying to relate to you. And I I hope nobody ever sends me a message about he talking about Superman. No, I'm just trying to give you an illustration. Now, if you can't put that together, then go ahead and send me whatever you want, because I know you about half anyway. Amen. We all understand, right? And I'm trying to reach out. (laughs) Now, the Bible says that uh, wrong attitudes uh, about someone or something can cause you to be neutralized. Let me say it again. Wrong attitudes about something or someone causes you to be neutralized. 
doesn't weaken the other person. Are y'all understanding this? Your attitude gets off. You're the one that has no power. And we know that Peter, when he denied Christ, the Bible says he plunged to the depths of despair. Peter was depressed. Amen. But you know that Peter uh, got that way. Listen to me very carefully because this is important. Not just by denying Christ, but hanging around strange fire. Huh? Bible says that Peter, when, when he was denying Christ, he was warming his hands with the fire of the world. Hmm? You can't have these conversations. Are y'all still here? You can't have these conversations and maintain your power. I think the last thing I told y'all on Sunday was you can't talk about me and not be sinning. So I'm telling you today, forget about me, because y'all already crucified me in the last seven days. But here's what I want you to understand, is that when your, your attitude is off, you gravitate toward people of like attitudes. Huh? Are we having fun yet? <laughs> y'all better get... I'm only on the first paragraph. I'm not even, not even halfway through the first page. <laughs> so, mm. so he ain't going to finish this today then. <laughs> yeah, he is, because I'm going to stop in a moment and start telling you stories <laughs> or giving you examples. <laughs> that's, that's better, isn't it? So the Bible says that uh, Peter was used at the initiation of the new church to teach us about certain spiritual processes. And that is that all of us at some point in time have to come to the place that we are aware of who we are. We are the saints of the most high God. And because of that, the Bible says we have to learn who we are. Peter's problem, you all may remember this, Peter, and, and we'll teach you a little further down the road, Peter had a problem with folks. He did. And there were certain folks he didn't like. And see, the problem is, is that now that this new church has started, uh, you have to, the Bible says that this thing has to be taken everywhere. And there's some folk that we don't want to minister to. Now, that's why the Bible uses uh, twice in the Bible. I think here, it says in verse, I think, 32 and 40-something there, it calls them saints. I told you to underline it, but you... Saints because saints were not necessarily all Jews. Did y'all understand that? The Bible refers to them uh, as God-fearers. In other words, they were people who were uh, either mixed Jews or some in, case, in some cases Gentiles who... Love the Lord. Amen. All right. Amen. So what we're saying is that in some cases, people are not like you. Amen. 
And the only thing you have in common with them is that they love the Lord. But we see something else about Peter. And I keep telling the story about Peter so that you'll understand why you either have or have not superpower. Y'all with me? Peter was what we call presumptuous. Y'all know what that means? Yeah, some people say, yeah, well, I don't know. Okay, I'm going to give you two words to define presumption. Uh, Self-centered and offensively arrogant. Write that down, please. Offensively arrogant. Now, presumption is what we deal with all the time in church because you have a Bible and you have read the scripture and you know everything there is to know about it. So you tell all of us, probably during the service when you're talking out, you're telling us stuff that you assume that everybody ought to know. And that's not the case. Just because you know something doesn't mean that everybody knows what you know. And if you yell it out, you are probably going to embarrass somebody. Like if I say, what is presumption? And y'all look at me like, yeah, I know what that means. I don't know what that means. I already got a whipping for using the word trepidation, so I'm never going to use that again. All right. So I'm going to use this as an example, as an example. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I was in a meeting with my leaders and I used the term Andrew Ministries. I was making a presumption that everybody knew who Andrew was. Turns out that was not true. I was very bold in speaking it because. Wait, 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 wait. Because I knew. Come on. No, y'all ain't playing fair. Listen to what I'm saying. When I say you ain't playing fair, you ain't being honest. I'm saying I knew. So I was speaking like everybody should. I mean. What kind of saint are you if you don't know that? You don't know that's Peter's brother. You don't know that's the one that John the Baptist, when he says, behold the lamb who taketh away the sin, that Andrew got saved and say, let me go get my brother Peter and take him to Jesus. Y'all don't know that, see? Everybody's up to speed now. But when I used that illustration, it was presumptuous on my part. 
Do you understand now what I mean by presumption? See, so when even when you're sitting there in the pew, you have to guard your attitude because you assume that everybody's on the same page with you. So when you go yelling out, well, everybody knows that. No, everybody does not know that. Because you remember the day before you learned it? We still here? All right, ain't lost nobody yet. So the Bible says that, that, that in order for this new church to grow, that God had to, to deal with Peter's attitude because Peter was the head of the church, the universal church. And if Peter's attitude was off, everybody's attitude was off. Why is that? Because if you learn something from somebody and you learn it wrong, Now, I'm going to tell you, uh, uh, and I know folks are watching us around the world, but I'm going to tell you this. If people learn church wrong, you got a mess on your hand. It's, it's hard to unlearn wrong stuff in church. Amen. So I think what, what the, uh, God was doing is using Peter to show everyone that there is power in the church but you have to have the right attitude to use the power. Now, let's look at these examples. Uh, Aeneas was the first example. We know what happened there. These stories are easy to follow, right? Man had been sick for eight years, a quadriplegic. Eight years. Now, the Bible does not say anything. Let me make sure that you are reading what I'm reading because I don't want you to get you know, ahead of me, be presumptuous. <laughs> it says Peter went through all the parts of the country, and the Bible says there in verse 33, he found a certain man named Aeneas who had been bedridden. And Peter said to him, now notice, I'm skipping a lot to show you this. There was no mention of believing or faith. And why was that? Because Aeneas was already a believer. <laughs> Look at y'all. In the church, you're going to find people that have certain ailments, disabilities, sickness, whatever. Now, oh Lord, I'm going to... I'm going to mess up my time here because I got I got to I got to take a detour. Is that all right with y'all? Hmm? Let me talk about healing for just a moment. <clears throat> Why isn't everybody healed? Now, watch this. If you are saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, why isn't everybody saved? Because listen to me, God saves for his glory. Wait a minute now. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Sometimes instead of making you physically well, his goal is to make you spiritually well. And if you are spiritually whole, you can still be complete 
and lacking nothing. But because you maybe have a physical disability, then you feel that you are limited as a saint, which means you believe that your power is not as great as somebody else's. What it simply means is that you have a different kind of power. Are y'all following me? So you can be healed. But I want you to keep in mind, there are things that you can live with. There are some things you can die with. And then there are some things you can die from. And see, you don't know the difference. That should have been a lesson all to itself. See, now I got to, now I got to explain it, right? Okay. Every male that dies in the United States of America over the age of 70 probably dies with prostate cancer. But they don't die from prostate cancer. Did everybody get that? So you can live normally, even though you have it. Why is that? Because most of them don't know until they die. Somebody performs an autopsy, they say, oh, this guy. Okay, okay. how about this right here? Let me try another one. There are a lot of people who have sicknesses that are not deadly, but they didn't get COVID. So whatever that thing they've been sick with for 100 years didn't kill them. And then there are some things that, listen to this now, that will take you out of here. So why then do some people die and some live? Because healing is for the glory of God. It is, listen, if, oh, y'all making me do this. If, let's talk about this attitude thing for just a moment. So maybe you're dealing with uh, diabetes. You want to get Delivered from that. But your ill is all get out. When you come to God, can we do a, a second Corinthians 12 kind of thing here? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, let me let me tell you what Peter's Peter prayed. I mean, uh, not Peter. Oh, he said, listen, take this thorn away. Maybe the thorn was the physical illness. Huh? But what God said, listen, 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 you don't need to be healed from that. What you need to be is delivered from your attitude that this is a problem that I can't fix. 
he, 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 look, he says that in your weakness, my strength is being perfected. Do we understand this? Okay. So here's what I'm telling you. Everybody gets healed who's a believer. You just didn't ask for the right. How long does it take to heal your body? How long does it take you to take your attitude? About 50 years, right? And some people die with the same attitude. Lord, he, he ain't talking nothing here now. Okay, I got to finish this. <laughs> so in this, we assume from the text is already saved, but he had never asked for that kind of healing. Peter saw him and Peter said, hey, we're going to fix this for you. I need you to do some stuff and I need to fix this. And he performed one of the greatest miracles ever accomplished. Look at y'all. He said, get up and make your bed. Anybody that's ever raised children? So that's the greatest miracle ever achieved in life. Get up and make your bed. Y'all didn't like that. Okay, that's all right. I'm all right with it. So the second miracle, and I'm telling you about them so I don't have to, to go through. The first miracle then caused Peter's reputation to increase. But Peter was very careful. You notice that when he talked to Aeneas, he said, the Lord Jesus has healed you. He did not take any credit. Now, when he got to Dorcas, that's a whole different ballgame. I want you to see this story because it's, it's, it's such a, I thought, a great story. Now, here we are. We are uh, uh, at the place where she died. They put her up in the upper room. Now, they prepared her for burial, but they didn't complete the process. The Bible says they washed her and put her in the upper room. So they did not anoint her or wrap her body in the spices, prepared, you know, for burial. They did not do that. And the reason they didn't do that is because they heard that Peter was in the area. So they assumed that Peter would show up. Now, they didn't know if Peter was going to raise her or whatever, but he, they knew if Peter came, let's at least give him the opportunity to pray for her. Are you following me? So Peter shows up, and when Peter shows up, the room is full of mourning widows. They had a close kinship. The Bible says that they were showing Peter the garments that Dorcas had made for them. In other words, this, this, this woman who was a disciple was ministering to these widows. That was her ministry. Widows, that was her ministry. 
widows that was there. She was doing something for other widows because other widows always need some assistance of some kind. Now, that's why uh, Revelations chapter 14, verse 13, Revelations 14, 13, the Bible says, uh, then I heard a voice from heaven saying, right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. He says, yes, says the spirit that they rest from their labors. Watch this. And. Folks will show off your garments. Did you get that? That's what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. He said some people build with wood, some people build with straw and some people, you know, build with, with, with precious metals. But if you want your work to last, then the work has to outlast you. Oh, yeah. Let me try it on. This. It has to outlast Are y'all still with me? It has to outlast you. If your attitude is such, I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this so you can see what I have done. I want you to know who I am. I want you to remember my name. It means that your attitude has weakened your powers. Amen. Amen. You don't have the immortality of influence. So what we see here is that these ladies really miss Dorcas. Now, in every church, every church, every church, a lot of the best saints go early. Okay, y'all looking at me funny. The people that you depend on, the people you say, oh, I'm, I could call a couple names, but I ain't going to try to get in trouble. But, you know, we had some very, very dependable people in this ministry who passed on. And I was just hurt when they left because, you, you know, you just know, you just know that so-and-so going to be there no matter what. And that's not any disparagement on you all. That's simply to say that there are some people that stand out that way. And we really miss them when they're gone. And this is what these widows were doing. They said, Dorcas is gone. So Peter then went into the room. The Bible says that he turned everybody out. Get out of here, y'all. I mean, probably. (laughs) Probably probably didn't say it quite that way. (laughs) Depending on the crowd he was dealing with, right? <laughs> and the Bible says, now here's the story. Here's the story. Y'all, y'all can follow it in your Bible. He says that Peter prayed. Peter prayed. And then he turned to the body. Now, wonder why he didn't turn to the body and pray. Mm, mm, mm. See, see, see this. Come on. Come on now. 
Now, what I'm going to say is going to sound harsh, and some of y'all ain't going to like it, but I want you to understand what I'm trying to tell you. Because it was not the body that was important. It was the connection that was important. Do you understand this? It's the connection. Because first, 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 I'm going to say it first one more time. First, I want to hear from the Father whether this is what I'm supposed to do. We just go around willy-nilly raising the dead. <laughs> you understand? No, 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 no. You all know now, you, come on, we brought you up to this point. Nobody up to this point in the new church had ever been resurrected. No one. Except Jesus himself. So for Peter to take this bold stand, I want to I want to be in right standing with the father. Amen. So he prayed. I'm assuming that he got an answer. The Bible says he turned to the body. Now, I want you to keep something else in mind. Remember, the Bible says that uh, uh, not one jot or tittle would pass. Peter didn't lay hands on that body because it was dead. I'm going to hear from God and I'm going to keep the law at the same time. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't, y'all. As soon as he spoke to the body, now notice he, he did, God, I love this. Remember what Jesus said when he prayed, he said, as I see my father work, he said, I do likewise. Peter prayed and he said, I'm going to do exactly what Jesus did. Jesus said to, to the little girl, he said, uh, uh, Talitha. Kuma, little girl, get up. He said, Tabitha, get up. Exactly the same thing. Now, come on, for you Bible scholars, there's only one letter difference between Talitha and Tabitha. Yeah, you figure that one out when you go home. But anyway, <laughs> the Bible says when she opened her eyes, that's when he reached out. When she was alive. And then he presented her to the, the people. Now, can I just tell you something? Dorcas or Tabitha died again. So did all those people that Jesus raised in, in the new. Now, look, I see the puzzlement and bewilderment on your faces. Well, what in the world? Why you even raise a person after they're going to just die again? That just don't make any sense. Because the purpose of miracles 
is for God to get glory. Amen. Amen. One more time. The purpose of miracles is for God to get glory. Not the person that dead, raised. The only person ever resurrected was Jesus. Everybody else was resuscitated. When you go to the hospital and they resuscitate you, you were dead, but they brought you back. When you did, you don't come back. Yeah. The purpose of this is not so that you can say, ah, I'm going to go around and lay hands on dead people. And if they don't put you in jail. <laughs> Y'all know that's a crime, though, right? To disturb bodies. Did y'all know it's a crime to disturb the church service? <laughs> North Carolina General Statutes, uh, 14288.4. I just thought I might want to tell you that. Because if security ever has to take you out of here, I want you to know it's a crime to disturb. Okay? okay. I don't, don't. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and security says, Amen. <laughs> well, Pastor, who decides who's disturbing? That would be me. Uh, Y'all have made me mess up here. <laughs> okay. So, so now, now, now we had these two miracles. That's what I'm trying to get. We had, had these two miracles. Peter, we said, is the one who had to have this attitude adjustment so that he would stop being presumptuous because he couldn't have this attitude as the, the leader of the new church. You know, uh, depending on what, what, what kind of theologian you are, some people said he was the first pope. I never believed that, he was, that the church was Catholic, so uh, no, I don't believe he was the first pope. But he was probably the first apostle to lead the church. Okay? All right, now, so he had to have some experiences. And the next experience that we're going to teach you next week is going to show you how he had to go even further because right now he was dealing with folks on the fringe, but now, you know, when he got to Cornelius, you'll read that next week, uh, he's dealing with a whole different class of people here now. Okay? All right, but that's, that's for next week. Just stay with me for where we are right now. So, uh, Peter... Uh, when he prayed, he understood that uh, it was God who had given him the instructions to do what he needed to do. So when we talk about the saints uh, superpower, your superpower uh, begins in Luke chapter 24, uh, verse 49, uh, Luke 24, uh, 49, I think is right. I make sure we got the rock scripture. 
right, I got it. <laughs> there you go. It says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but do what? Tarry in Jerusalem until you be what? Endued with power. So you ain't got it yet. Acts chapter one. Verse four. The Bible says, being assembled together uh, with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for what? The promise he gave in Luke chapter 24 and 49. All right. He said, you heard that from me. Huh? Huh? Okay, y'all still with me? Now, stop right here, because the first problem that we run into is that you get a promise but you don't wait on the instructions for the promise. Amen. Hmm? Acts 1 and 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When do you get the power? Hmm? So you waited? You tarried? Huh? He said, but then you shall receive power. Acts chapter 2, you already know, you don't have to go there. The power came. The power came. So now you have the superpower. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. That means that whatever things that we saw the Father do through Jesus, then we can do likewise at the Holy Spirit's direction. Keep the last part in mind what I said. At the Holy Spirit's direction. Huh? Uh, and the first miracle at, at, at the wedding at Cana, the first thing that Mary said to, to, to the disciples were, whatever he tells you to do, that's what you do. That was the precursor from what we're learning today. Whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to, tells, tells you to do. Not the thing you assume you have the ability or, or authority to do it. That is what we call presumption, and presumption is sin. Yes. And what is happening to people is that they have no power because they're presuming that because I have the ability to do it or I have the, the, the word from God to, to know it, I can say it or I can do it, and that's presumption, and that negates your power. You have no power, even though you followed all the steps. Mm -hmm. Why? Because of your attitude. Amen. It's good. Hmm? Amen. Are y'all still with me? Yes. And see, the only, way, the only reason that, that, that we give for, for not being able to be all powerful is the fact that we can't get our attitudes in check. In order to be a follower of the Holy Spirit, the first thing we must learn, the first thing, number one, submission. 
And what is the most prevalent problem in Christendom is unsubmitted people. When I'm submitted to God, oh, no, you're not. Not until you can submit to man. You're not. No, uh uh-uh. Do we understand this? So we have the power. We waited, we tarried. And why are we waiting? Why are we trying to get ourselves together? The really the reason that we're waiting and the same reason that Peter is going through all he's going through right now is because he is giving us an attitude adjustment. I know what's right, but I can't always do what's right. Paul said in Romans chapter seven. So I got to get myself to the point that when I hear what's right, I know what's right and I do what's right. And sometimes doing right means doing absolutely nothing. Everybody thinks that because they got a word, they ought to run with it. No, sometimes you need to sit with it. Amen. Amen. Just because you see something don't mean you got to say something. I know this ain't TSA. Amen. Amen. There comes a point in time when you have to be disciplined. And Peter was learning discipline. And the more he learned discipline, the more power he had. The more you learn discipline, the more power you have. Every athlete, when he's training, he has to have discipline in order to strengthen the part of him that needs to do the work. Now, you look at what uh, what Tabitha was doing. Tabitha was doing exactly what uh, Revelation said, that her work uh, was following her, because if you look. Oh, God, I can't talk about that because I'm I'm out of time. But I'm going to tell you something in Revelation. You know, y'all that that, that all study all about the mark of the beast and all that that crazy uh, that that, uh, different stuff. Uh, (laughs) Did you notice where the mark was? Head and hand. You see the thing that Dorcas was famous for, using a head to use her hands. See, you counteract. You counteract the devil's power when you use your power by using what God has given you. Hallelujah. Amen. Mm, 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 mm. My numbers are in the red, so. I got to stop. I got to stop. I got to stop. Oh, Lord, that's good stuff there. I'm going to stop anyway. I, I, mm, 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 mm. All right. Let me give you this last this closing statement. <clears throat> the Bible says it was not in his own power, which Peter called it was the power of Jesus Christ. We think too much of what we can do and too little of what Christ can do through us. I, I just got a moment. See, everybody's focused on what they can do. We never, we, listen, we never look at the stuff that God wants to do because the thing that he wants to do is not natural, but it's supernatural. And we always want to be able to do the natural thing because it's easy for us. Amen. That's good. Amen. 
If I want to sing a song and I already know the words and I got a decent voice, it doesn't take any superpower to do that. Do you understand that? But if I'm singing that song out of the pain of eight years of being a paraplegic, a quadriplegic, and, and knowing all the stuff that somebody had to go through with me to get to the place where I can now walk, if I sing a song now, it's from my heart and not from my head. It has an anointing on it because of what I have gone through. So we shouldn't focus on what we can do because what we can do is nothing, but it's what he can do. What has he called you to do and what did he give you to do? And what was that great dream or vision that he planted in your heart that you never attempted because it's too great? Huh? When people talk to me now and they say, uh, 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 Pastor, you're going you're gonna to build another church? I said, no. They said, well, what, what you going to do? Uh, uh, you know, see, see, we're in a very choice location. Any day now, somebody's going to buy us out. But they want to know, what you going to do? I said, I'm going to buy a shopping center. I said, no, you hear that? I don't care about your faith. I said, we're going to buy a shopping center. That's right. Now, I'm, listen, hold it, hold it. I'm not, I, this first time y'all heard me say it. Now, my son has been working on it for years. And he's only asking that you come up with a modest $18 million. And you all laugh. It only takes one saint to give that. I'll receive your check. But understand what I'm saying to you. I'm saying to you that you have to dream big. But it doesn't mean you got to go out and do something. I'm not going to sell my building and be, you know, homeless as a church. That's, that's difficult. Y'all got to give me another word. Insane. But what I'm saying to you is that it's, it's in my spirit. It's in. You know? I may not see it. it Might be Katie's building. I don't know. But it's already here. Are y'all understanding me? Now I put it in your spirit. And you're trying to kick it out just as hard as you can. But, <laughs> but you can't. You can't. All right, stand up on your feet. I got to close this. I'm going to give you one more statement while you're standing. Amen. <sighs> mm, 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 mm. Positive experiences can go uh, miles in rearranging our attitudes. In other words, uh, if, 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 if you stop focusing on the negative and, and start looking at the positive, change your attitude about what God can do, not what you can do, and then let him do it through you. Amen. Amen. Christ, keep this in mind. Christ has the power to overrule every circumstance in your life. 
I said he can overrule it. Sickness, disease, poverty. He has the power to overrule it. Amen. Amen. Corn, you got that? All right, family, we pray that you got something out of this message today, something that you can chew on and continue to grow, uh, flex those spiritual muscles as we continue to press forward and be the best kingdom citizens that we are able to be. Listen, it might you might be watching this right now and not be able to make that statement. I'm a kingdom citizen. I'm talking to you right now. This is your moment. This is the opportunity for you to accept Christ as your personal savior. It's very simple. Uh, it's as simple as ABC. First, admit that you're a sinner. Secondly, believe that Christ died for your sins. And thirdly, confess that he is Lord over your life. Listen, it's not an instant fix. It's not a, um, um, a guarantee that everything is going to be sunshine and rainbows. But what it is, is a guarantee of, of eternal life with Christ the Father. What it is, is a, a guarantee of redemption. What it is, is a guarantee of a clean slate. Um, listen, the Bible tells us that his mercies are new every morning. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I need my new share of mercies every day. Why? Because salvation is a process. It's not an instantaneous thing. Um, anybody who tells you that, Hey, I'm saved and I don't want to do nothing bad no more. <laughs> you might want to, you might want to check on them. Listen, salvation does not stop everything instantly. But if you stick with it, if you continue to pursue salvation with everything that's within you, then, hey, you'll notice, oh, I don't want that no more. I don't want to do that no more. I don't want to go there no more. Things will start changing. Why? Because he's working on the inside out. So when you're working on the inside, you can't see those initial changes. But eventually those things come outside. Now everybody can see it. Um, and this is the opportunity I'm extending to you. Some of you may have, you know, hey. I've said the sinner's prayer. I just went way left. Me too. <laughs> We've all done it. But listen, this is your time for repentance. This is your time to come back. This is your time for renewal. This is your time for a fresh start. So if I'm talking to you today, I want you to join me in this simple prayer. All right? Here we go. Say, Father, forgive me. I've missed it. I've strayed from you. But I thank you for the opportunity of forgiveness. Thank you for sending your son to die just for me. Thank you that he rose from the grave just for me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you, Lord. I confess with my mouth what I believe in my heart that when Jesus was raised from the dead, I am saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we're excited for you because you have just made the greatest single decision that you could ever make in your life. I promise you, you will not regret it. Listen, we are rejoicing with the angels in heaven on your behalf because another kingdom citizen has come home. Welcome home. Welcome home, fam. <laughs> Welcome home. We're so excited for you. Uh, we're so proud of you. Listen, <laughs> this is not uh, a fly-by-night thing. We want to connect with you. Listen, there's a number here on the screen, 252-627-9900. If you text the word SAVED to that number, 
We'll send you some information. We'll send you some devotionals. We'll send you some things that'll help you uh, increase the 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 foundation of this faith walk. We want to connect with you and pray with you. We want to help you get connected with a local church. If you're in our area, come check us out. If we're not it for you, we'll help you find some place. Why? Because we're in the business of growing kingdom. We're not trying to grow a church. We're trying to grow the church. Okay. Listen, we are so excited. We are so overwhelmed. Make sure that you text the word saved to 252-627-9900 so we can connect with you because we all need community. We all need, Jesus had community. Listen, I ain't even going to get into that. If you want to hear more about that, come check me out next month. But anyway, we all need community and we're here for you. If you need us, holla at us. We'll be there. All right, y'all. That's it for my time today. We thank you so much for joining us. We pray that you got something out of this thing, something you can continue to grow on this week. Uh, I challenge you like I did last week. Did you do your homework? Go back and watch this thing three times this week. Can you do that for me? Go back and watch it three times. I guarantee you each time you'll hear something different than what you heard the time before because you miss things along the way. All right. Listen, y'all have an amazing week. And just in case your week is not so amazing, make sure it has an amazing you in it. Until next time, God bless you. We love you and we'll see you soon.